After a promising win on Monday, Fenway Park turned back into a house of horrors for the Mariners on Tuesday and Wednesday. We'll tell you if these games merit some sort of response from Seattle's front office and more on today's episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Thursday, May 18th, 2023. This is Tidy and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon by scanning the QR code that's right above my head. The link as well as our social accounts is also in the description of this episode. And on this episode, episode we'll discuss whether or not the disaster of the last two days for the mariners merits any sort of action from the mariners front office as in roster moves should they make any if so who that's coming up a little later on but first colby i'll just start by asking you this what in the world happened last night i mean Marco was terrible and kind of the one ballpark. He can't be terrible against a team that really isn't a good matchup for him anyways. And a ballpark that really isn't a good matchup for him. I mean, Marco's a fly ball pitcher and in a ballpark where fly balls usually turn into doubles and home runs. So um, yeah, it went about as well as you might expect uh, when Marco doesn't have his good command and he doesn't have his best change up and, he's facing that lineup in that ballpark. Like, yeah, that was always a possibility. Um, you know, uh, fortunately, look, it's tough to say like the bullpen kept you in it when you're down eight to nothing, nine, nothing. Um, but you know, they went what seven and two thirds gave up three, uh, three or four. Um, so yeah, just one of those games. Jerry's talked about this openly that like, yeah, you know what? Marco's going to have some duds. Like it's going to happen. He's going to get hit around a few times. And um, unfortunately last night was one of those. And also, unfortunately it happened to be in the rubber match of, of your series. So uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's much more than Marco wasn't good last night. Uh, and that's that. I mean, you know, it, look, obviously you only scored three runs in Fenway. That's not great didn't even generate a ton of traffic, but remember, you know, you were some, you know, real, you, the weather last night in Boston was terrible. The wind was blowing straight in from right field. It was cold. And as a result of that, you know, Taylor Trammell gets robbed of a three run home run pretty early. And all of a sudden you put that on the board and you're looking at, they scored six runs, um, you know, stuff happens. So yeah, it was, it was bad. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It was one of Marco's duds and it's going to, take them a long time to chip away at that but uh you know it's part of baseball it's part of the game every every single team in the league uh will lose a game like that last night uh like that last night and and you know the mariners unfortunately kind of feels like they did it back to back uh nights but it is what it is like it's a bummer it's annoying uh thankfully you have a um a, a really well-timed off day uh today uh so the bullpen shouldn't be any issues after they had to carry last night's performance um and you know you, you are gonna go uh you are gonna go with uh what gilbert miller and and kirby um against atlanta they should give you some uh depth or some distance uh in their start so yeah 
overall just really bad Marco uh, last night, and and it, it's ugly to watch when he's like that, uh, and he pretty much kills any chance you have of winning that game. But it happens, man. Uh, it happens to every team throughout the year, and and you know it's not just Marco who who will have these bad blow up starts, and and yeah, I just sounds like a cop out. Maybe it is, but it's baseball. You're gonna get yeah. your, your you know you're gonna get your teeth caved in on on the occasional night, just like Boston did in, in game one. So it's a bummer, but it is the reality of the situation. And now you have a much needed off day before you start a, uh, you know, a three game set against probably the best team in the national league, maybe in all of baseball. Um, so again, not ideal that you're going in there with a two game losing streak. Uh, Cause it's, it's not hard to imagine this turning into a five game losing streak. Uh, but you got game one. Uh, you're going to have, you're going to throw probably your the three arms you trust the most right now against the best team in the in the National League and you see what your offense can do it's been a little bit better uh, over the last 2 weeks or so so actually a lot better over the mm. last 2 weeks and you just kind of go from there you have to flush it you have to move past it and uh you know if there's anything that Mariner fans should be familiar with it's how dumb run differential is and how misleading it is so back to back bad games took a bite out of their run differential. Who cares? It's it's two losses, whether you lose four to three or 12 to three. <laughs> like it's the same thing. Right. Fun differential on the other hand, though, not as high took as it, you took would a like big to big hit last night. Yeah, it, it took a pretty big hit. Uh, I was pretty surprised that we didn't see a position player pitch in this game for the Mariners. Um, but yeah. I mean, like, uh, who are you willing to risk losing by throwing out there? To pitch? <laughs> true, true. The uh the good thing on the the Brave series and we'll we'll talk more about the Brave series on on tomorrow's show but uh you're gonna miss Spencer Strider so that's great Aww. great news oh darn I really wish that we could have seen Spencer Strider pitch dang oh well guess I'll just have to settle for watching him against another team that's not my favorite baseball team darn it just shucks Julio would have gone four for four with four bombs off of that slider. <laughs> There's just no question about it, really. Before we move on, I want to ask you about Colton Wong because you haven't been here the last couple of days, uh, or for the last couple of post game shows, rather. So, uh, Wong obviously had a rough night on Tuesday. Um, just what's your general feel on him right now, and what happened on Tuesday? Um. So yeah, Tuesday was a rough night, mostly defensively. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and that that's really been the bigger issue here is that Wong for the first half of April was terrible. Second half of April, pretty darn good. Uh, then he gets hurt, obviously jams his wrist on what was that? May 6th, I think. Yeah. Uh, and he's pretty bad at the plate since then. It's pretty easy to draw a correlation there. Uh, although he did have a nice double, uh, in Fenway and a couple hard hit balls, uh, in each of his last few games. So overall, I feel like the bat is probably going to get there at some point. Uh, but defensively, yeah, you know, it's it's been pretty rough. We saw him have the down year last year, and, and this year um, hasn't looked a ton better. Uh, it's mostly it's 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 not even really range, really. It's just mental mistakes. It's dropping, you know, it's dropping balls essentially, which is a lot worse than you know just having you know less range because that you can kind of cover up. But if you can't catch. Like that's kind of half your job. So yeah, Wong's in a rough place right now. Jerry DePoto already came out this morning and said that they're going to use Caballero a little more against righties. Um, so to me, that kind of points to 
the Mariners not thinking that Wong is going to get back defensively to where he was or anywhere near where he was. Uh, because that's, that's pretty, you know, pointed statement coming from the general manager uh, to the public. But what I do think we might see though, is, is Colton Wong DH a little bit more because again, it's not, it's not great, but what Wong has done for the last, you know, three, three weeks or so, give or take at the plate probably should warrant him staying in the lineup somehow. And if it's not going to be at second base, because you want to play Caballero, the DH spot is available and it doesn't have to be every single day. It could be, you know, two, three, four times a week kind of play matchups there. But yeah, you know, Wong, uh, I do think the bat's going to get there eventually. And I still think that he's going to have a role on this team. Uh, I just think that, you know, rather than it being the 500 plate appearance, second baseman, it's going to be more of a, a strict platoon and it's, it's not going to be just based on handedness. It's going to be based on matchup and stuff like that. So We'll see how it uh, we'll see how it plays out, but you know it, it's I, at this point I feel bad for Colton Wong uh, just because it just feels like it's snowballing on top of him right now, and he's so excited to get back to the to the West Coast and and to play for Seattle. Um, it's just a bummer, but the the club's got to do what the club's got to do, and right now Caballero is easily the best second baseman defensively on this roster, and probably the best bat for now, but. Yeah. Again, I would caution people if Jose Caballero is the starting second baseman for the remainder of this year, your ball club's probably not that good. Right. We'll unless see. he unless he continues to hit, which I mean he's doing that right now. Even last sure. night. Even last night had a what couple hits? One hit? Something like that. But one he, hit he and take a walk. Like Yeah, he's he's just he, he keeps on doing stuff every time he gets put in the game. So Right. But again, just keep him on he's just, been here. Yeah. Yeah, he's been here for five minutes. Yeah. in the grand scheme of things and all, yeah how, how long does that continue i mean he's obviously been a minor it, league performer but he also wasn't able to crack the major leagues until 27 years old so right he he has a lot of sam haggerty qualities in him sure and what did we see last year from haggerty look like a legitimate starting player for about a month league started to get a book on him he started to play over every day got overexposed and now eh. So right. we'll see. Um, like I, I like Cabby a lot, though. So he kind of, I think, has the the exact attitude you want uh, on this team right now. He's he's got a little bit of fire to him, and obviously he does a lot of things well. He works counts really well. Okay. He runs the bases really well. Can play up the middle really well. So he's a good player, good player, yeah. good useful player. I just don't think you should be counting on him to play every day unless you're counting on your ball club to be five hundred or worse. Yeah. Caballero is a little bit of a you know what disturber, and yeah. I like it. I like it. Stir that pot a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loves to poke <laughs> the bear. Just a little, just a little, just a smidge. Just a little All right. Bit. So uh, I want to talk about you know what the front office may or may not do in response to these games. They're not even really in response to these games. But so overall, you know, are there some changes here in order for this uh, for this team, and and what could they be? We'll go over that in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder: this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by So Rare, our new sponsor. So Rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace, transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all thirty MLB teams. And unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win 
and epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards, and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. So rare MLB game weeks happen twice weekly in span a three- to four-day cycle. And at the end of game weeks, so rare MLB managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards, which can include so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars. Prizes may vary depending on the competition. Head to SoRare.com slash locked on. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on to start playing today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. And if you're unable to watch the Mariners and the Braves this weekend, you can catch all the action on the Mariners hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. So, Colby, the um, response I've seen from Mariners fans or rather people who cover the team uh, after these uh, last two losses has been something needs to be done. Front office needs to do something here. There needs to be some sort of change put in place because this was embarrassing the last two nights, which hey, it was. It sucked. It, it was it was bad. But also, you've won a lot of games lately as well. So it's not it, this feels like more of a bump in the road rather than an indication of anything really else. But do you agree with the sentiment that there needs to be changes made roster wise, particularly on the back end of the roster? Or uh, do you think uh, things should just stay how they are right now? So here's my thing uh, with with this conversation. Be specific. If you right. want to pitch a change, you need to come with names and specifics. Right. You can't. Well, some they have to do something. I don't know what, but they have to do something. No, that's not good enough because you're calling for. And this is a, a good. You know, I see this a lot. You're calling for people's jobs. You're calling for people to be DFA'd. You're calling for people to be sent back to the minors. And and like this is this is serious stuff. So if you can't come with like a real suggestion, just don't make one. That being said, yeah, I, there are some small tweaks that they can make. And it's not going to be what people want to hear, though, because I'm not going to sit here and tell you to call up Brian Wu for Marco Gonzalez. I'm not going to tell you to DFA Marco Gonzalez. I'm not going to tell you to, you know, call up Emerson Hancock. The issue with those two guys in particular, Wu and Hancock, by the way, Brian Wu had another amazing outing last night. Certainly looks like a major league pitcher right now. The issue is, is that Brian Wu coming into this year, I think had 55 professional innings. He is definitely on, on some kind of innings count and you want to be able to control that. You can't really do that at the major league level. You want him to get innings and you want him, you want to be able to skip them when you need to skip them. You want to be able to short script them when you want to short script them. It's not going to happen. You might be able to get a little away with it with Hancock a little bit more. But again, Hancock only had like 90 innings last year. It's not the same as Bryce Miller. Bryce Miller had almost 140, and you're much more likely to be able to ask him to go 160, 170 than you are of Wu and Hancock. So uh, I I don't think it's that. I don't think it's as big as people want. Those are kind of the two biggest. Uh, and real quick on and real quick on that too, right? This goes back to the conversation that we had about the the flexin and marco battle in in camp who fits better in the bullpen not marco gonzalez jerry right. depoto himself on this show said marco's stuff doesn't play up in the bullpen so you're saying bye to marco if you're making any move that involves marco marco's getting released outright yeah 
And right. at that point, you have to make sure that you have a succession plan in place that not only benefits you right now, but gets you to the finish line. Right, exactly. And the other thing to keep in mind here is that even though it might be better for the team to have somebody like Brian Wu pitch for Marco Gonzalez, is it better for Brian Wu? You have to consider the player you're calling up here because if you think Brian Wu has a shot to be part of your long-term future, and the Mariners do, um, or you think that Brian Wu can help you get a piece that could be a part of your long-term future, great. You have to be smart about how you handle that asset because if he comes up to the big leagues and he struggles, he loses value. If he comes up to the big leagues and gets hurt, he loses value. So I, I think you know you have to. It's not only what's best for your team; it's what's best for the individual player, uh, particularly a young player who is, I mean, still a developmental arm. At the end of the day, he hasn't thrown a ton of innings. So uh, yeah, I, I think you know Marco. The only way you make it work is if Mark if you go to a six man rotation, which just means giving the ball to to Kirby and, and Gilbert less, which. Eh, and Luis, who will get it figured out. Stop stop doom scrolling about Luis Castillo. He'll be fine. Um, it's not ideal. So I don't think that's the move here. I, like So like in terms of like, is there anything they could do on the back end? Sure, they've kind of already done that. They've kind of made this shift. Caballero is going to play more against righties. He's going to be essentially the starting second baseman, which to me means Wong is going to DH more, and he'll also play a little bit of second. So that's a small tweak that they've made. Now uh, we talked about Haggerty. I think he should be sent down. I I would say Mason McCoy is the call up uh, for me, but obviously there's Moran and and Mike Ford is a possibility. I don't think Cade Marlowe is your guy uh, in this spot, uh, so I think you could do that. And then I think you could maybe swap out one of your bullpen arms for Prolander Baroa, who was again excellent last night. Uh, but there's still some things that the Mariners want Baroa to do in the minors mm-hmm. before they call him up. They want him to pitch back to back nights. Um, and they want him to pitch more than twice a week. Right. So the next step for him is pitch yesterday, probably gets the day off. And then you want to see him go Saturday, Sunday, and then get a day off and then go Tuesday. Right. So that way he just kind of has this feel for, for how it works. And and so those are things that they want him to do. So he might, they might not think he's ready yet, but when they do, then yeah, I think that's the move you make for like flexing. So there are some things you can do in the back end, but as far as like, call up one of your top four prospects. That's not happening. Harry Ford is not seeing Seattle this year. Just, just shut up. <laughs> Stop asking that question. It's not happening. Cole Young is not seeing Seattle this year. Tyler Locklear is not seeing Seattle this year. Uh, Wu and Hancock might, but it's not going to be for Marco in May. I'll tell you that much, at least not until the end of, not for, from May to October, it's not going to work like that. So, and as for like trades, sure. Go find me one. Go find me a team in in on May 18th that is already willing to tell their fans they're out of this race and they have a player who is better than what you have right now that they are willing to trade you at market price, not above market price. Go find me that player and then we can talk. Right. I'm not going to wait for you because the guy really doesn't exist right now. So. <clears throat> yeah. On, on the bullpen front, aside from Baroa, uh, I would like to see Riley O'Brien maybe get a shot at some point here. Mm-hmm. Um Maybe Isaiah Campbell, he's back, and he's been pretty good since he he got back. The other thing, though, on, on the flex in front uh, that we do have to keep in mind here is that, uh, and and Jason A. Churchill uh, brought this up on his uh, on his Slack. Um, I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this, but he uh, he theorized that flexing might be around because Taylor Dollard's hurt right now as well, and that's someone that 
I mean, that's starting pitching depth. That's a guy that you would think is major league ready that could fill essentially the role that Flexen is right now and give you essentially what Flexen is giving you right now. So maybe once Dollard gets healthy again, and we'll see on whenever that that happens, maybe that's when they finally pull the plug on Flexen and move on. But for now, it seems like Flexen's kind of locked into that spot. Yeah, for better or worse. That like the Chris Flexen insurance for me is already Tommy Malone. So yeah, that's um, that that is to me. Darren McCacken. Yeah, as well. Like like, fine, whatever. Like if you're throwing Chris Flexen, you're already saying you're willing to lose that game. So what's the difference of throwing Darren McCacken in there? Well, and look at and look at how Flexen is being deployed right now. Last night he threw three innings in a twelve to three game. Great. Whoop de doo. Now he's not he he can be used for the next couple days at the very least i I I mean (laughs) like i get it's like like you like someone has to you know do mop-up duty you have to throw those innings but do i really need to use a roster spot on that guy do i need a mop-up specialist no i don't you have one on your roster right now his name's matt brash anyways um No, well, that's, but, that's the other thing too, right? Like if, if you, if you do think, and I don't think the Mariners agree with this, but if you do think that Brash needs time in Tacoma, which I believe I said that a couple of days ago on the show, I still believe that a few days later now. Um, yeah. Riley O'Brien, Isaiah Campbell doesn't really matter. Stephen Kolak for that matter. I know that he just yeah. recently got called up to, to Tacoma, but why not? Mm-hmm. Like take a shot on one of those guys because I mean, you're going to get bro up anyway. So, and if bro is ultimately going to take that brash spot, Let's uh, but like you don't think that he's ready. Let's speed up the you know the the brash um, rehabilitation, if you will. Put him down in, in Tacoma and bring up someone like you know someone that's kind of interesting and take a little shot on someone like Stephen Kolek or someone like that. In yeah. the meantime, well, until Bro's ready, right? And Kolek is that the mop up guy uh, in that spot. He's a former starter. wasn't up until this winter. He's gone multiple innings in most of his outings this year. He is that guy. Um, yeah. Side note, also, though, on Flexen, I saw somebody speculate that if the Mariners wait until June 1 to DFA Flexen, uh, essentially he would have to accept his assignment to AAA or forfeit his salary. Mm his remaining salary. So if the Mariners wait until June one and they DFA flex in, he clears waivers, which he would, if he doesn't, that's fine too, because then you just dump his contract on whoever claims him. Um, if they do that and flex and says, I don't want to go to Tacoma. I want my release. That's fine. But then the Mariners would save $4 million. I, I, that's this, that's how this person interpreted the, the roster rules. I don't know for sure. Uh, that's, that's not really my arena. But there could be something in play like that where Seattle is trying to get to a certain date before they deploy, uh, you know, a DFA maneuver, essentially. And, and it's it's kind of like, you know, Luis, it's kind of like uh, Diego Castillo where it's like, you know, we can technically option him down. <laughs> like right. if he declines the option, then we don't have to pay him. So um, it could just be something like that where they're waiting for a specific date to do it so that that way they can keep flexing in the organization or save his or save the money that they owe him. It's a win-win at that stage. 
Well, Flexen's see, contract true. is incredibly convoluted, so I'm not going to it, <laughs> dive it, into that. It, it, I mean, we spent we I'm spent not... this whole off season debating if he had four years of or one year left of club control, like the it, entire off one. season. Yeah, it was yeah. one at the end of the day, but like for a while there, it's it's we, a really complicated deal. Yeah, so we yeah. don't maybe maybe there's a clause in there that protects him from that even. So we don't know. We just yeah. we don't know about Flexen. We're just guessing. Right. All right. So. It's been a rough last couple of days for this rotation. Obviously, rough night for Luis Castillo on Tuesday. I said that to me was his worst start in a marriage uniform. Marco obviously had the, you know, occasional Marco blow up as as we've Hold my come adult beverage. As, yeah, as Marco Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> adult beverage. I like it. Very Dave Simsian of you. Uh, I want to talk about how we rank these five current starters in the Mariners rotation in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Lockdown Mariners is brought to us by a new sponsor, Bird Dogs. Look, I hate shopping for summer clothes. I just want to be comfortable, no matter if I'm at the ballpark or back at home recording an episode of Lockdown Abs. Is that too much to ask? Oftentimes, though, I find myself settling for clothes that feel cheap, tight, and restricting and make me sweat in all the wrong places. Grips, I know, but let's stop pretending it doesn't happen to most of us. Thankfully, Bird Dogs has me and therefore you covered. Their wide selection of insanely comfortable shorts, joggers, sweatpants, polos, and more have me ready for any occasion this summer throws my way. I mean, who doesn't love stretchy fabric and built-in underwear? It's time to look good, feel good, and play good this summer. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB, And when you enter promo code LOCKEDONMLB, they'll throw in this free Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Because what's even more important than staying comfortable this summer? Staying hydrated. And you can do both with Bird Dogs. Again, that's birddogs.com slash MLB. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. What did you, what did you think? This is the first time hearing it. I had to write. I had to write that whole thing. Sure, um, you'd be a better copywriter than others. I'd say that. There we go. That's as far, I'll take it. That's as far I'll, as I think I legally can go in this situation. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll okay. take it. <laughs> uh, by the way, folks, uh, again, if uh, you can't catch the Mariners and Braves on TV this weekend, you can catch them on the Mariners hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. So right now, um, Mariners rotation still second uh, most um, valuable in baseball, according to F4. Uh, took a little bit of a hit this week, though, with the, the bad starts from Castillo and, and Marco, for sure. Yeah. They were first, but the Twins have surpassed them uh, on yeah, that front. Titan- it took a hit like the Titanic took a hit from an iceberg. Sure. <laughs> wow. Too soon. Too soon. It's like 108 years ago. <laughs> too soon uh yes so even with that right even with the the small hit the small little hiccup i still feel great about this rotation but let's talk about these five guys individually let's rank them colby how would you rank based off of i mean it doesn't really matter what it's based off of it could be based off of just feel and vibes it could be based off of just how much you trust these guys or just the upside slash floor of them how would you rank these five guys in the mirrors rotation right now I don't know. Last time I did this exercise, some lunatic kept calling me a liar uh, for saying that I still trust Robbie Ray, which. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. I um, remember that. that. That's a good throwback. Yeah. Which liar for an opinion that that doesn't seem. Stop lying. Like Colby. the right word, but whatever. <laughs> um, You're lying right now. 
<laughs> sure. <laughs> I am lying by, by, you know, saying that guy had a good point. Um, so I, I think, uh, I don't, I don't know how you want to like rank these guys, but to me, Kirby's number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm still, I'm still going with Castillo. Like, I know he hasn't been good. Like there's really no debating that. And and this was kind of like the inevitable blow up that we all should have seen coming because it's kind of been like, eh, he's okay. Eh, he was okay. Not his best out. And then all of a sudden, boom, like his worst. And you're like, okay, well it's a logical progression, but the stuff is so good. The track record is so good. This isn't unusual for Castillo to have a, you know, a five, six, seven, eight, ten game uh, stretch where he's just really struggling He's done it before and he's gone on to produce still great seasons uh, in Cincinnati. I, I feel pretty good about Seattle figuring this out. Um, and then probably Gilbert three Miller four, and then Marco five, I think is probably the correct way to, to, you know, worth to uh, order these guys. I, I think if you're putting Miller ahead of Gilbert or Castillo, I think you're a little crazy. Like I'm really impressed with what Miller's done. Don't get me wrong, but again, in the grand scheme of things, he's been here for five minutes. And he's faced well, Oakland. Yeah. He's faced Oakland and Detroit in two and, of his three starts, and a Houston lineup that is incredibly talented. Still has Jordan still, Alvarez still and good. Kyle Tucker, yeah, no. but also not at a hundred percent. Far from it. No. So. And again, I'm I'm not trying to like degrade what he's done because he's been incredible. Oh, he's literally a, like been off to a like historic start. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But again, you're asking me like who I tr- like how would I how would I like configure these guys in a playoff series? In a five-game series right now, my three starters are Kirby, Castillo, and Gilbert, and I'm putting Miller in the bullpen. Like that's how. I, now ask me again in in August, and this might change. But again, in the grand scheme of things, Miller's been here for five minutes, and he's faced two glorified AAA lineups. Like we'll see how he does in 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 uh, Atlanta. I'm certainly really interested to see how he attacks that. And, and Miller's in a great spot right now with his mechanics, and he's throwing a ton of strikes and the slider and the curveball or curveball uh, both look amazing in his last start. So um, he's already shown that he can adjust off of being fastball heavy and, and like it, it's all great. Cool. Do I want to trust the guy who has three starts or do I want to trust the guy that's coming up on like 75 quality starts or do I want to trust the guy who has like 110 really good quality starts? It's, it's kind of a no brainer. So Miller for me is four and I think, as Ty's about to do, putting Miller any higher than four is is kind of a joke. I'm not. I'm not actually. I'm not. If he See, if he does this against Atlanta, if he does this against that's Atlanta, if he does this against Atlanta, <laughs> yeah, I'm lying. If he does this against Atlanta, maybe this changes. Uh, but right now, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I'm going Kirby. I'm going Castillo. I'm going Gilbert. I'm going Miller, and then I'm going Marco. Now there is a pretty steep cliff from Miller to Marco yeah. in my mind. So, uh, so take that for what you will. I, I, I feel like Miller is pretty close to Gilbert just in terms of like upside, upside, upside. But again, we haven't seen it against like, we've seen it once against a pretty good lineup, but one that's not at full strength. And then again, two like borderline triple a lineups, like you said, If he does, again, if he does this against Atlanta, which to me might be the best offense in baseball, best lineup in baseball, then especially one that that is a really bad matchup for him in particular, 
sure, if he goes six shutout innings against Atlanta, then the gap between him and Gilbert is closed a little. But like then I then I'm I'm, I'm I, my eyebrows a little raised. No. My eyebrows a little raised. I'm no. just saying. By the way, guys, um, from a purely like uh, tactical standpoint in terms of like team building, you really don't want Bryce Miller to win Rookie of the Year this year. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Uh, because not only do you not get the draft pick, uh, Bryce Miller gets a full year of service time, which a, he would have earned. I, I don't really have an issue with that, but still, wouldn't you rather have Bryce Miller for all of this year and then six more seasons than just all of this year and five more seasons? Wow. Just players, su- players, suppressor Colby Pat node. Yeah. When it's to my Ant- anti-player yeah. pro establishment, yeah. pro organization, pro owner yeah. Colby Pat node. Well, I don't, uh, a little too. How do, how, do, owner, how, do, but... how do those boots taste? Really? You So you would rather Bryce Miller win an award. That means nothing in the long run than have him for an additional year. I'm thinking about Mariner fans in 2029 ties over here. Like, yeah, who cares? Give him that, that ugly plaque so that he can leave here in 2028. Like, come on. Uh, By the way, it's pretty, it's pretty hard for, for pitchers to win rookie of the year though. So I I don't seen what the other American league rookies are doing. That is true. I mean, Josh Young's been pretty good. Sure. Is he rookie eligible still? I thought he got enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's eligible. No, he's eligible. Yeah. Well, still, if Miller does what he does, it does Young could hit I mean, 40 home runs. Spencer and Strider did matter. what he did last year, and he didn't win. Michael Harris won. Now, I'm not saying that there's necessarily a Michael Harris in, in this American there's League not. class. There isn't. There isn't. Anderson, Anthony Volpe. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not been a good uh, year for rookies in the, in the no. American League. Yeah. But we'll see. Like I said, like, look, if he wins it, fine, whatever. Uh, but it's not good. It, it, it's it's good for him. It's not good for the Mariners. Uh, and the other side note here, just as we wrap up, can Major League Baseball please fix the awards they give out? They literally look like they get them at the trophy store for nine ninety nine. It's just like a slab of wood with like a cheap plastic right. like it like inscription on it. It's like, come on, guys. Like, by the, the way, rookie Coley. of the year award looks like a joke. Yeah. Like, how dare you disrespect? the name of Jackie Robinson by putting his name on your cheap plastic award. Like, come on, man, get something metal, get something nice, get something gold. Like let's do this thing. But no, you can just continue to be cheap so you can get a piece of plywood and glue some Jackie Robinson rookie of the year. Julio Rodriguez on well, like, that, it, is, Colby, that is it's, firewood. It's either that or a hunk of metal. Your choice. I, at least it's metal. I'm just saying I've gotten better looking. I got better looking awards in high school than what major league baseball gives its rookie of the year awards. Go look it up guys. Seriously. It's hideous. My YMCA participation trophies are better than that. Well, those are the only trophies you had since, you know, you were homeschooled and sheltered your entire life. By the way, I I don't mean to, uh, to jinx it here, but first recording and we're at the end. We did it. We were actually able to do this in, in one take. So look at us go. Look at us doing stuff. And I'm not going to risk it any further. We're going to sign out here. So thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patted, I'm Tidying Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as at Locked On Mariners as well. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Again, you can catch the Mariners and the Braves on SiriusXM with the SXM app. 
this weekend. Thank you again for making us your first listen, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.